want to be heard and be connected and love and yeah. compassion and empathy and all that stuff. You know, we, we tend to forget that. So we're all caught up in the mechanical world. I don't have any medical background. I don't have any medical training. I'm a mechanic. Uh, you know, what can I do in my realm of the HVAC world in this system, in this house? What role do I have in helping them with their situation? Let's talk about this now just to get it out of the way. Uh, in my practice of doing indoor air quality at a very high level, my clients came to me with cystic fibrosis, right? That's a death sentence. Yes. Right? Now, we've made great strides, and, and so yeah. it's better, but they I'm they glad you're bringing die. this up, by the way, because I was going to kind of, yeah, keep going. I'm, I love yeah. this. Uh, COPD, right? Mm -hmm. They're going to die from COPD. Uh, immunology and oncology. So uh, typically cancer survivor patients are have a very low immune system because of all the treatments. And so they're real susceptible. So we got to make sure that environment's clean. Uh, debilitating asthma. Uh, uh, and so these are people that go in full asthmatic arrests and have to be rushed to a hospital. So this is severe. Uh, I had clients come to me with uh, lung transplants. A and so they're environment has to be conducive of healing first we want to make sure they don't reject the organ and two they got to heal and, and and you know that organ's got to adapt to their bodies and then we don't want any pollutants by way of the air air you know airways getting into that and and, and then all the way down to your garden variety variety seasonal allergies people that just really you know during ragweed season just had a terrible time or pollens or the pine or whatever and so those are my clients and so they're my decision for them uh, has a lot of weight. Uh, their quality of life and even their, you know, prolonging life um, hangs in the balance of my decisions for them. And, and so when I talk about that, people, a, lot of, a lot of guys are all, and I have to just make sure that they understand mm -hmm. the, you know, the, the, the gravity of what I'm doing with clients because it's not, and it, that was a learning curve. You know, of course I had to yes. learn. Uh, yes. But most contractors may or may not ever have ever experienced somebody that came to them with that. And, and so in, in one of your questions, it's like, how does a contractor handle that um, and, and be confident in their decision? Yeah. It's, it's intimidating. No, I mean, if you're your you're average HVAC contractor, you're a mechanic and you might be, you know, there's, there's all, all ends of the spectrum as far as, you know, their, their capabilities, but you know, I what you know. It's an, I think you you have a you you come across a client or a homeowner that has one of those afflictions, and like, where do I? I'm not. You know, I'm not. I don't have any medical background. I don't have any medical training. I'm a mechanic. Uh, you know, what can I do in my realm of the HVAC world in this system in this house? What role do I have in helping them with their situation? Right. And I think there's some intimidation there for a lot of guys. They don't they don't even touch it. They walk away from it. Honestly. They run. Yeah. They so run what, away from it. So how do you talk to those guys? How do you convince them that they can do something? What is your convert? What's the conversation there? Well, we have to be very careful. Okay. So if if that is way outside of their you know pay grade, admit that. And so I I offer my services as a consultant to those contractors, and uh, we uh, 
I taught a class in Houston. There was a contractor there and they, these guys were, were bright. They, they, they had some great training through BPI and through NCI. So they were pretty sharp and well on their way into the performance aspect. But they had a client that said, John, we have a client that's a little bit outside of our pay grade. And, you know, can you help us? Absolutely. So uh, what they had to do is I, I gave them the cost of my consulting. They went to the to the homeowner. The homeowner accepted it. So that was an opportunity to come in. I brought my tools yep. for them to, to, to use them. You know, it's tactile. They get to actually hold the tools, use the tools, understand what we're measuring and what that means for what we're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And, and so we spent the whole day there and we were able to come up with a scope of work. And then I led that table conversation. They wanted to see how I communicated that to the client. Mm-hmm. And, and I did it just the way we were talking. Hey, you know what? Here's what's going on. And we're connecting the dots. So um, by the way, the, 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 the issue with that client is their daughter, who was 15 at the time, wore what's called an iron lung. And it is a prosthetic that mounts outside and compresses the chest to help her breathe. And it's just it's on a little machine. It's just like and helps her breathe. She didn't have to wear it all the time, but there's quite often she had to put that on just to breathe. So this is like the real deal. Yeah. And so um, at the end of our time, we presented the scope of work as I saw it and, uh, and, and, and our data gathering, um, it made sense to him. And of course the contractor had to bid that job because I don't know their marketplace or margins or what, Mm -hmm. you know, and so, but they put together a scope of work and they called me two weeks later and said, John, we closed that job. $60,000, no equipment. The equipment is only a few years old and they were fed up. They fired their HVAC contractor and two other ones because nobody came in and was willing to take that hard look at other stuff. Now, granted, the contractor I was working with could have been one in that long line of contractors who didn't understand, yeah. but because they brought me in, we were able to bring right. light to the unseen. Uh, and that's that's huge. So it was all, the ducting was a mess, all new ducting, uh, uh, ventilation through a, a, a dehumidifying ventilator because it was Houston, Texas. Um, mm-hmm. Dehumidification tied in. They had three systems. So dehumidification uh, tied into the system because our sensible latent, they could, it couldn't keep up. It's Houston. Mm-hmm. And, and then uh, 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 hospital grade filtration, and new controls, a, a nice portable um, uh, unit in, inside the kid's room and just, just got airflow and everything dialed in. Yeah. Uh, we were able to do uh, some light air sealing, but because we were creating a positive pressure, um, we were able to really just dial that environment in. Mm-hmm. And, so the, and so that's that would be intimidating. You go in, yeah. like, this is my daughter and she's on this breathing yeah. thing. Hey, can you help me? Most contractors would say no, and that's okay. Yeah, which is, you know, in, in those extreme conditions, I can totally completely understand why it's calling the experts, right? Um, so let's knock it down a level, say not so let's go to like, a, in my mind, what I would say an average concern uh, for a homeowner, you know, you know, allergies, pollen, dust, you know, would you just direct the contractor back to making himself better at like your pillars? So the thermal comfort, obviously, he should be an expert at already, but you're going to, teach and train and there's just be willingness to learn on that behalf of that contractor to, 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 to be able to address those common concerns through your pillars. Correct. I mean, is that, would that be your suggestion? Just get involved. If you're if the willingness to involve, the desire is there to start handling those kinds of concerns, right. Which I, yeah. again, 
<laughs> would think would be a good business model. <laughs> uh, anyway, but in, the, in, in the fact that you're helping people, so talk a little bit about, so, so yeah, uh, the next step for a guy that is willing to learn, uh, he might not handle those extreme cases, but is interested in adding those portfolio of services to his, to his business model. You know, where does he start? He starts by going into well, your principles and well, training is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and so, uh, uh, I offer a indoor air quality principles workshop and it's, uh, through Daikin Amana Goodman. And uh, my, my boss, Ben, he, uh, he approached me and said, hey, we wanna to put together this curriculum and, uh, and we wanna to gear it towards the HVAC industry. And uh, we both were in agreement that we weren't gonna stand in front of a group of people and talk about products because that's what everybody else is doing. He wanted the nuts and bolts and science about indoor air quality how to get a, a foundation for a contractor to stand on, get the thought process going. So the, 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 the learning ladder, if you will, and I'm, I'm probably gonna butcher this, but you only know what you know, and you don't know what you don't know. Ignorance is bliss. But as soon as you know you don't know, that requires an action step. So you need to go out and, and gain knowledge, experience, and expertise you know, through yeah. training and, and doing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then so and then so once once you know you don't know there's an action step and you learn so that's cognitive right it's cognitive learning and then it becomes subconscious and and I use this analogy it's like I'm in New Mexico and I got to do a gig in Florida I get in my truck I turn the key and I point it toward Florida I don't know how I got there because <laughs> I, I I wasn't born knowing yeah. how to drive a truck. Right, yeah. a, a time came when I had to learn, mm -hmm. but now I turn the key, I point it to Florida, and next thing you know, I'm there. I don't know how I got there. It becomes innate, right? I mean, it just becomes yeah. your hat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's the same with anything, and so in our industry, it's the same thing. So uh, it's just getting back to basics. You know, the yeah. Ashray came out with an epidemic task force mm -hmm. in, in, within their page. Uh, I mean, they're in their website and you can go and you click on everything. And, and in this pandemic, you know, it's like, oh, we can need to do this and do that and do the other thing. But it, it really all came back to basics. And that is like ventilation and filtration and air exchanges per hour, all back to basics. And we, like I said, using my six pillars, it's just getting back to basics. And that is a lot of times enough to get you started. You yeah. know, let's get back to basics. And then, of course, what does that mean? Well, you know what? If you don't know how to measure airflow or static pressure or how to determine how many BTUs a system is delivering and heating and cooling or where your filtration rates are, so those, the, the, then you probably need to learn. You know, and that's a yeah. good place because we're yeah. in the HVAC industry and airflow is everything, you know, and, and airflow diagnostics yeah. as well. And then, hey, you know what? We, we can't discount the, the, the structure, the building, the envelope. So if you don't know how to measure that or identify, you know, thermal boundaries and pressure boundaries and, pre you know, zonal pressuring, if, if that's something you don't know how to do, well, there's training out there that can teach you that. And of course, everything has tools involved. So, yeah. 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 And so, and, and then, you know, of course, getting into the realm of the unseen with microbial. And yeah. So the, I mean, but this goes, so, so by taking that action and, and diving in and, and making a conscious effort to learn goes back to, you know, and adding the, and adding that, that, the portfolio services to their business model, um, it goes a long way to changing the narrative, right? You're doing something a little different than everybody else. So that homeowner goes and gets four quotes from four different contractors 
who might get the job. It might get to be the guy that actually asks the, a different question along the way, right? And because sure. the homeowner's gonna be like, hey, nobody asked me about humidity. Nobody asked me about that. My five glades that I have plugged in around my <laughs> all over my house. And that this is ties in beautifully ties into I love this conversation because it is we have to change a narrative and I love uh, happy for you being here to talk about this but what so learn I love your love your pillars right so thermal comfort which again is the north is the traditional narrative filtration humidity ventilation building pressure uh, pollutant identification and source control you go through your two-day class, right? I think your your Dyke and Amanda class is a two-day, 16-hour class, right? And you go through all this, correct? I mean, this is your yes, curriculum. It actually walks through everything we're, to the nth degree about what we're trying to capture here in about an hour. You go, you do, you do a deep dive into that, right? And do you do you take the extra step in that class? And I'm going off memory here. I apologize um, uh, about talking to the homeowner in the end. So you do you talk about IAQ, right? Investigate, analyze, and quote, I, I think. Sure. Yeah. At, at the end of the class uh, on the second day, we go into typical client scenarios. There we go. And, and based on a lot of the jobs and clients that I've had. And, and so we, we, we walk through that process. And then what does that look like having that conversation? Well, one, you have to figure out the problem, uh, but, but just having that conversation. So, and then um, my, my live class is a lot different than the virtual class. Uh, we've got exercises. I've got a, a real case studies of clients that, that I've had. Uh, it, it, we do one, her name is Helen, and she had uh, chronic COPD. And so I, I, I lay out the job and, and the client and some parameters and some things that we measured. And then I have the class design a scope of work. And they do very well. You know, and this wow. is after I bombarded them with information. But yes, it's very foundational about how to have those um, those conversations and some selling approaches. So uh, you, you brought up a, a, a good point about uh, having a bunch of contractors come in. If you're not standing out, you're blending in. You're mm -hmm. just going to be another one. You know, in my business in California, just running, you know, uh, uh, sales calls, you know, uh, estimates. I, I remember pulling up and there's two HVAC guys in front of me. That guy would move. The next guy pull up and we're in line. And I got to the point, it's like, I'm not even going to do this anymore because low bid is a race to the bottom. Mm -hmm. Who can get to the bottom the fastest to get that job? That's not a race I want to win. That's not even a race I want to participate in because everybody loses. The mm -hmm. customer loses because they can't get the job done right for the price that they're paying. The contractor loses because they can't even do the job. So they're cutting corners to try to make ends mm -hmm. meet. Their margins aren't where they need to be. And then our industry as a whole loses because everybody's trying to push that, that price down to where it's not even logical. Yeah, and so that sure. low, low bid is a race to the bottom. And I, and I, in my class, I say, Hey, look, in, in our realm of IAQ, you're not in that race. You are offering a solutions-based scope of work that your customers can't even touch. Can't even come close to, and so don't even keep just keep price out of, out of your mind when you. It is going to be when you got multi-tier. So my my typical residential IAQ ticket came in at about seventy to eighty thousand dollars. That was wow. my typical ticket, and that is sometimes there was equipment involved, sometimes there wasn't. Sometimes we had to do extensive shell work, as in removing all the insulation, doing air sealing, 
re-insulating, right? Taking drywall down to get to it, putting drywall back up, you know, uh, tweaking the building pressures and, you know, ductwork mm -hmm. and all the other stuff, filtration and uh, the, the, the stuff we talked about. But my average ticket was about seventy dollars to $80,000 on a complete fix. And, and yeah, my marketplace is a little different. And then, you know, mm -hmm. with today's market, we got financing. We got easy financing. Yeah. And, and if you're not using that, uh, I think yeah, everybody absolutely is. they're missing out they're missing the boat I mean honestly any homeowner can take their smartphone right now and apply for a for a six month no pay no interest no payment you know PayPal or American they can find there's an app out there to get you money right away even if the contractor doesn't offer it there is a and I hope we are you know as, as an industry because that is the key to you know a, a key to success um, but I want to you know I think earlier you mentioned i think the keys to the kingdom in this whole this whole arena is striking a chord with the homeowner because when you when you find that when you find what's really you know through questioning and analysis you find what's a concern to them right you're just your story before um you know and your world opens up as far as as far as what you can do for them right when you find out what that is you're in a position to really help. And guess what? You just differentiated yourself. Nobody else asked him these questions before out of those five guys that were just in the house. Sure. You're going to stand and, out. And, and like the, the, like the, the wife that was sitting in the den. Yeah. Our clients just want to be heard. The, we, we, we have a listening problem. It's what we have. You know what? Amen. <laughs> I, um, in our, in our discussions and our training classes too, it's like, you know, uh, you know, ditch the pitch, Stephen Yastro, I had him on, uh, I read his book and saw him at Hardy a few years ago. His whole, the whole thing is, you know, they the clients don't want to hear you and your story. They just want to be heard. And the best thing is for anybody to do is just, you can ask a question and just be quiet and listen, mm -hmm. just listen. Right. <laughs> Let the story emerge. The, the boundaries and the walls start coming down. And, and then next thing you know, they're telling you everything. And you just, you just need to be a, a willing to receive that. And I, I have had clients, you know, after they were comfortable with me and, and, and I was genuinely listening, I mean, they'd break down and be bawling and crying and just like, just, and I'm like, oh my goodness. And, and like I said, I mean, in our HVAC industry, we go and do a service call. We don't expect a hug. But you know what? Yeah. I've got clients that are just like John and yeah. hugs, and it's like this. We build yes. genuine relationships. Uh, yes. I, I've got so um, this one uh, young lady, Arden. I met her when she was five years old. She was in Minnesota. I was able to go out on my own dime and work at, on her house with her family. We brought in some contractors to do the work, and to this day, I have a relationship with that family. Cards you know, goodies coming. And then, so I, I've been working uh, with a company in Minnesota quite, quite frequently. I go out there three, four times a year. So we go over and have dinner with the family. You know, our Arden was a bubble girl. She had chemical sensitivities, environmental uh, uh, sensitivities. She'd have to go in and do full barometric uh, body wraps and pressure chambers and, and, and UV treatments. And then she had chronic asthma. She had food allergies. So at, at, I think, 10 years old, she was still at Thanksgiving dinner drinking out of a sippy cup because she couldn't eat the food. And so this little girl was poked and prodded. I've got a picture of her in full, like, electrodes all over, trying to figure out what's going on with this young lady. And, and so this is the real deal. So we were able to help her 
with their indoor environment now it, it was it, it helped but she's doing much better now and just through the years keeping yeah. in contact last time i was in uh, minnesota my wife and i visited with the family right mom and dad and then on our way back out we stopped in madison wisconsin and went and had dinner with arden and got to see her dorm and her college campus wow she's in college wow now. And we have that connection, that, that bond is like family. Uh, exactly. Not, I mean, not even just a customer for life now, but now just that connection and that whole new level of relationship. I mean, isn't that what every business or business owner and, and person would want for them? I mean, that's ultimately. Yeah. I call that the human element. Because after all the science and this and the mechanical, and that, you know, when you all like break it all down and it, all that is to the side, it's the human element. We're all connected. We're all bonded. Yeah. You no, know, we we're all, you know, we 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 want to be heard and be connected and love and yeah. compassion and empathy and all that stuff. You know, we, we tend to forget that. So we're all caught up in the mechanical world, you know. And it's easy to do, right? In our mindset. We're we're there, we're at that home to do a mission, right? So we're mission-minded, but if you take a step, you know, we're professionals, we're good at, you know, most of us are good at what we do anyway. So that's there inherently, right? To your point, like that next level is finding that connection, that human element, right? And that that talk about a differentiator. I mean, of anybody, it's the human side. I love, I love your, I love that, John. If we all just had that ability to, to oh, find and ask. Yeah, we do. 